All right, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just the Christmas season and uh, the reason for the season. And uh, Lord, I do pray that we don't get too bogged down with uh, gifts and um, uh, all of the everything that goes into it. And uh, we lose uh, purpose uh, behind what we're doing. And uh, Lord, I pray that we would just use the opportunities that we have with family and friends to get the gospel where it needs to go on time, whether it be with uh, the way that we act, the way that we speak, or all of those things combined. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us today as we <clears throat> have had a busy morning uh, just packing up some bags for the the service next week and different things. And we have a short amount of time here, but I pray that you would uh, use it uh, for your honor and glory and that you would get all uh, the uh, uh, the glory from what we're doing here in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so... <coughs> excuse me. Okay, I feel like I'm way too close. There's people on both sides of me. This may not work out anyway. And so anyway, uh, funny, funny story. Maybe not the, I mean, we could have went around the room and we may have been able to do as good a job as what they just did um, as far as getting things uh, in line. But um, obviously some of those things don't quite fit the timeline. Uh, we'll talk about some of that today with the wise men. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about all that later. But uh, <clears throat> just something to kind of get our minds on what we're doing. So last week we started uh, a, a short little study uh, called What Child Is This? And uh, I kind of wanted to tie it into what we're talking about uh, overall uh, theme-wise and past point and just what is God telling me to, to do, uh, just being obedient to the call that we have on our own life and, and all of those things. And so last week, and I don't have time to, to really recap anything, but we looked at how obedience to what we know will lead to blessing that we don't know. And basically talked about how, uh, obviously, uh, the angel shows up to Mary and he's like, hey, you're going to have a child. And she's like, well, that's interesting because uh, I'm not married and uh, I'm still a, a virgin in the sense of young lady, not uh, not the way that we know of it. And so anyway, we go back and listen to all that. But, uh, so, but she uses the things that she does know, uh, what she does know of scripture to know that God can do anything. And, you know, she knows of a foretold virgin birth and she knows of those things. Go back and listen to all of that. Uh, and so the same thing, he, she, he, angel shows up to Joseph in a dream and says, Hey, um, don't put away your wife, uh, or not your spouse wife at this point. Um, you know, it, it, with the culture that they live in, she could have been stoned to death for what was going on. And, uh, again, he used what he knew, uh, to be true to be obedient. And so a lot of times in our life, we just have to simply know or go with what we know uh, to follow Christ. But what I want to look at today, and I have a lot more I'd like to recap on all that, but anyway, uh, so we looked at how uh, obedience to what we know will lead to blessing that we don't know. But today, uh, I want to switch gears and I want to look at uh, how, where am I at? Next page. Uh, how obedience to what we don't know will lead to the blessings that we can know. Uh, and so if you want to write that down, you can. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. But uh, o- obedience to what we don't know will lead to the blessing we can know. Um, and so I want to pick back up where we were last week uh, in the Word, and I'm going to have to move quickly uh, in, in the book of Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, just to kind of pick back up where we were. Um, I'm sorry, uh, 
That is, that is correct. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. So everything that had happened, the angel came to Mary, came to Joseph. Uh, all this happened in verse in chapter 2 and verse 1. It came to pass in those days that there went a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when uh, Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. Uh, and Joseph went also uh, went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea uh, into the city of David, uh, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house of the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, uh, still not Mary, but they're going to be, uh, being great with child. Uh, and uh, so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her, forth her firstborn son, uh, son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there's no room for him in the end. We know the story, right? They, they go to uh, Bethlehem, um, you know, riding on a donkey or a camel or whatever it was that this, this little video showed. But anyway, they, they go, uh, and, you know, there's no room for them in the end. You have to realize why there's no room for them in the end. Uh, this is a, a nationwide census, and so there's people from everywhere coming back to their hometown, and so there is no room, and they're getting there uh, late, uh, obviously, and so there's no place for them. There's not... Uh, there's not a place for them just to, to rent a room or whatever it would look like. You know, there's not a Holiday Inn on the corner that they can just jump into or or whatever it looks like. And so that's kind of where we ended last week. So we know that she has the she has the baby. Their obedience will lead to uh, a blessing that honestly they didn't even know. They they knew that it was a virgin birth, but they had no idea that you know the the magnitude of what was going to come of Jesus Christ. Okay, so that makes me want to get to to where we're at today because the obedience to what we don't know can lead to the blessing that we can know. And so let's just pick back up from there and read a little further this is the most popular uh passage when it comes to the christmas story you know you can hear linus say it on the charlie brown christmas and and anywhere in between all of that but and it says and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the lord came upon them and the glory of the lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid why do you think they were afraid well, if you know anything about what uh, the glory of the Lord is like, if you study that out through Scripture, uh, we aren't even uh, able to be in the presence of the Lord because He's so uh, mighty. And so the fact that it's pitch black and there's that kind of a light, uh, I'd be afraid too. Uh, and it says, and the, angels, or the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign among you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away uh, from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, it wasn't until now, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which is told to them concerning this child. And all that they had heard, uh, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Now, I'm moving quickly, and I'm going to circle back around and kind of hit some points throughout this. But what I want to talk about today is, you know, we looked a lot last week about how Mary and Joseph uh, knew a lot of uh, Scripture, a lot of what the prophets had said, um, and, and different things. They knew uh, they were they were you know obviously Jewish. They knew a lot of things, and so it wasn't super hard for them to uh, obey when God said, "Hey, this is what I want to happen." Now, 
sometimes it's hard to believe that you're going to use me. And it's no different than when God steps into your life and says, hey, this is what I want you to do. You know enough to know that God wants to use people. Now, you might think, why would he want to use me? But you still have enough knowledge. You have enough uh, up in the gray matter to know that, you know, I should do this. I'm, I, I know enough to be obedient. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how obedience to what we don't know, right, can lead to something different. And so uh, obedience, when you when you know all of the details, or at least most of the details, it should be easy. It's just a, am I going to obey or not, right? It's If you know uh, all of the ins and outs, and hey, God says, I want you to do this, I want you to go here, I want you to... To obey or not obey should be fairly easy, right? It's just a choice. You, you kind of know enough. But what we're going to talk about today uh, is different than last week because there's much more faith involved, right? You know just enough to know that I don't know, right? And so it's kind of like uh, obedience and faith blended together. It's kind of like uh, obediath or uh, faithedience, however you want to call it, but it's kind of like the two of them together. The disappointment on Candace's face right now for me saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's kind of the two of them just blended together because you know just enough to know that I know I need to be obedient to what God tells me to do. But sometimes what he's telling me to do, I don't really understand. I don't I can't really even comprehend what is happening. And it is obedience, but it's also a huge step of faith, and that's kind of what we're talking about. So let's look at just these shepherds, because the same, we, last week we looked at Mary and Joseph and kind of the things that they knew uh, that they could hold on to. But let's look at some of the things that it says about these shepherds, uh, and then I want to pick a couple other uh, just things, and then we'll, we'll get going, because I keep looking up at the clock thinking, oh, i got all kind of time, but I don't. Um, yes. Yeah, it's good. i got my watch on. So uh, so let's look at the shepherds. When it, it think it's interesting that uh, God says, "Hey, I'm going to send an angel to the shepherds." You know, the shepherds in the culture were the lowest of the low. Um, if you were a shepherd, uh, you everybody looked down on you. You were the least of the least. The shepherds were were nobody of nobody. And to think that God would use nobody of nobody should uh, allow you to realize that God can use anybody. Uh, even for the most important things in the world. And so just, just a, you know, kind of a point to throw out there because they were the lowest of the Lord. You know, and then it says, uh, in, uh, in verse nine, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Okay. And it says, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. It's one thing for an angel to show up. It is what it is, right? At the time, uh, God did things differently than he does in the dispensation that we're in right now. And so for an angel to, to, to roll up wasn't the craziest thing. But the fact that it says the glory of the Lord shone round about them. You can't even comprehend what the glory of the Lord is like. Uh, think back to uh, Isaiah uh, in the passage where he says, Here am I, send me. You know, it, it's Isaiah chapter 6, I think, the very beginning of the chapter. And it says, you know, the, the, the seraphims are, are flying and they've got six wings. And it says, with two they fly and with two uh, they cover their feet because, you know, your feet are uh, like a symbol of, in, in, in the Bible, uh, you know, uh, of disrespect. Or So there's this, and then they've covered their feet. And, and it says, with uh, two... They did uh, cover their eyes because the glory of the Lord is just so bright. It is so amazing. We know that we can't even, even at the the rapture, right, or when we when we're called up, if we have died and we're you know a born again saint, we have to get a glorified body before we can be in the presence of the Lord. Why is that? Because we don't 
even comprehend. I can't even begin to try to explain to you what Jesus Christ himself is like. You know, and we can't handle that. And so when it says that the glory of the Lord shone round about them, I'm picturing this thing being uh, dark. And when I say dark, I don't mean like, you know, there's street lights on or whatnot. I don't know if you've uh, ever been out to like Paige and I's place uh, when it's dark out. And, you know, so if there's no lights in the house or nothing on, it's like you can't see your hand in front of your face. There's times that I'll be walking, I'll park in the shop and I walk into the house. And if there's no outside lights on and kind of the way the house sits, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm walking by faith because it's like, all right. And to think that these guys are out there, you know, doing their shepherd thing and the glory of the Lord comes about them is God. I would be afraid. And just the fact that it is so amazingly bright. These guys have no idea what's going on. They have no idea what's happening, but God's getting ready to say, hey, I've got something for you. In your life, you might not have any idea what's going on sometimes and God's going to show up. And it's going to seem so bright, so crazy that God's going to say, hey, I've got something for you. Are you going to do something with it? Right. Uh, the angel, something else is interesting as we go through this. The angel never tells them to go. The angel never says, hey, uh, there's there's a, a baby being born. It gives him all the details. Right. It's going, you know, these are details that even Mary didn't didn't get. It says, uh, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And he shall be a sign unto you, shall find the babe. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. So there's like massive singing, and all this is going on. Glory to God in the highest, and on uh, earth peace, goodwill to men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Wow, that was cool. Right? The angels are looking at each other like, well, We probably ought to do something about this. God just showed up. I probably ought to do something. God didn't come to the earth. The angel didn't come and say, Hey, because I've told you this, you need to go find this baby it doesn't say, hey, you should go tell people about this baby. It just says that he told the, the, the angels told them all about it. When God shows up in your life in a way that it is so bright, so magnificent, so you can't miss it, you don't even have to be told to go. You have no choice other than to do it. Right. It doesn't you don't even have to be told to go when God makes it so evident that, hey, this is me. This isn't circumstances. This isn't, you know, whatever you want to call it, feelings, emotions. When you know of a certainty that this is God and there is no doubt about it, you have no choice in and of yourself. But to say, I don't even know what this is about, but I'm going to walk by faith in obedience to what he's telling me to do. Right. What does it say they do? It never tells them that they should go. It just says where he's at. Gives them the details, but doesn't say where to go. And what do they do? You know, the, the video says, well, they were like, well, maybe we ought to go look at this. And it, it says that they go, and it says they left with haste. They didn't even, a good shepherd never leaves their flock. Never, ever. And they left with haste, which tells me that there was no uh, even thought of the sheep or whatever else. Not like, hey, can we find Joe down the road to watch the sheep while we're gone or, or whatever else. It says that they left with haste. It was so important. There will be times in your life where God will show up. Now, salvation is a really good uh, uh, time like this, but uh, there will be other times in your life once you're saved that God will show up and it will be so just like impressing on your life that you need to realize that you need to drop what you're doing and follow him. You need to stop with the, well, I'm busy doing this and I've got to go do that and I've got this going on over here and work's pulling me this way. The kids are doing that. Well, we're playing sports over here. And there's going to be times where you have to say, none of that matters. Jesus said go. Right? 
None of that matters. Now, I'm not saying don't support your kids. I'm not saying don't go to work. I'm not saying do those things. But I'm saying there's a time where you're going to realize that your priorities are out of whack and Jesus says, hey, go. It is so important for you to just drop it and just be submissive and go. Be obedient. Leave the sheep with haste. Now, if this, it's not exactly the best biblical picture when you're talking about a pastor because we're supposed to watch over the flock and you know we don't leave with haste. But the point is there's going to be a time in your life where Jesus is going to show up so bright and mighty and say, hey, this is what's up. What are you going to do with it? That you're going to drop everything that you are tending to because this is more important. Right. It says that uh, another thing that it says about the shepherds, they didn't really know what was happening. They just know that, you know, OK, hey, this is really cool. We probably ought to be a part of what's happening here. It says uh, that they made known abroad. It said in verse 17, and when they had seen it, so it wasn't until they went, they found uh, the baby, Mary, Joseph, everything's just like the angel said. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. Remember, they just got downloaded a whole lot of doctrine. And they didn't even know it. Hey, there's going to be a baby. He's going to be the savior of the world, right? All of these things, like, this is this is some major stuff. And they're like, okay, we're going to go see this thing. And when they show up and they see this thing, now they're like, okay, it's exactly like it said. So now they have a responsibility. Now they're like, I, I have information that people need to know. I have something that they need to grab a hold of. And so they start telling Mary and Joseph, hey, you'll never guess what happened. We were in this dark field and like the brightest light that we've ever seen in our life showed up and all this is happening. They're telling the people, you know, at the end, they're telling the people around town, you, right over, yeah, over there in the manger, that's him. That's the one that God came and, or the angel sent and, and, and came and told us and they're telling everybody. They said they made known abroad the saying. They're telling everyone. I think it's interesting that the King James Bible uses the word abroad. Um, they made known abroad in the English language. When we think of abroad, we think of the world, right? Somewhere different than here. Um, there's times that we need to make known abroad the saying, right? And just think that's an interesting little tidbit that's in there. But it says they made known abroad that they're telling everybody. And then in verse 20, it's the last thing we really hear about the the, or the, the shepherds here. They had, they serve their purpose, right? They start. God said, "Hey, this is what's up." They went and found it. They told everybody, but it didn't end there because that's what happens in our life. God shows up, says, hey, I want you to get involved in this. Go do this. Be a part of this, whatever it is. And you're like stirred up about it. A lot of times it happens like at a vision conference or something like that. You feel like God's just really stirring you up to go, to do, whatever. And you get all fired up about it, you know, and and then it kind of fizzles out. Right. You think you went and you did or, you know, maybe you went on a mission trip and you're like, okay, that's cool. And now I'm back to real life and everything's going along. When something like this happens... It has to be life-changing. It has to continue on past the the circumstance. And that's what happens in verse 20. It, what happened with the shepherds continued on past just the circumstance. It says, and the shepherds returned. They've got to go back to life, right? Work's still there. It'd be really awesome for us to be like, hey, I'm going to quit working and go into full-time ministry. Well, everybody can't do that, right? <laughs> At some point, somebody's got to go to work. And so it says, when they returned... What did they do? Well, they went right back to the way they used to talk and the way they used to act and the way they used to be. And No, it says that they were glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. When God rolls up in your life, and I keep saying that, um, but it, it happens. When God shows up in a way that is just so impressing, and I don't mean impressing like, wow, that's impressive, but like impressing on you. 
And it's just like, there's no way that this could happen other than God. It has to be life-changing. It has to be something that alters your future. It doesn't just alter your present, because that happens. Things will happen in life where your, your, your present will be altered. You know, the circumstances of today, tomorrow, and next week are going to be changed. When God shows up and he says, hey, this is the change. This is the way that I want you to be. I know you don't know all of the story, but it's going to take a little, uh, what, what did I call it? Uh, obedience. It's going to take a little bit of something to like, you know, obedience and faith tied together to, to do this thing. And it needs to be so life-changing that it's like, okay, now my future is altered. Because the way that I'm doing things from today moving forward is, is different. I'm not, I'm not who I used to be. Now, obviously, it's really easy to tie something like this to salvation. But I'm guessing in here, most of us, all of us, I'm, I know all of you guys personally, uh, we've made that choice. So what does that look like for you as a sanctified believer? You know, you, you are living your life to be sanctified. There's still going to be times when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to roll up in your life and you're going to have to decide... Like, I remember, I remember a guy that I used to listen to teach all the time. He used to say, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Right? What are you going to do with the rest of your life? And it has to be altered. It has to be changed. And it's not because you want to be different, but because you are so impacted that you have to change. That's just all that there is to it. They had a life-changing uh, obedience in their life, Right? Okay, so that was the shepherd. What about Mary? There's just a couple things about Mary I want to point out, and then I want to get to one more group and we'll be done. Uh, it says in, in verse uh, 19, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Okay, so she just had the baby. She knew enough of what the angel had told her early on that you know she was going to be a virgin. She knows that she's never slept with anybody, and she just had a baby. There's a lot of things happening, right? But now these shepherds just came rolling in, telling her a whole lot more of a story that she didn't even know. She knew a lot of the details, but she didn't know all the details. And now these guys come rolling in saying, hey, uh, God just sent an angel and said that, you know, basically the Savior of the world was going to be born. It was going to be right here. She's got to be thinking, oh, my gosh, right? This, oh, this really is. Uh, I can't believe it says that she kept all these things. There's going to be a time when you just have to hold your peace, right? There's going to be times when you need to be like, I'm not going to just throw this up on my Insta-Snap and let everybody in the world know what's happening. I'm just going to keep these things, and I'm going to ponder them in my heart. There's going to be times when we need to, like, just slow your roll on the social media, right? And I'm not just saying that because I don't do social media. Most of it's, you guys saw me earlier. I don't even know how to do the computer thing. Jesse had to save me, but... Uh, I don't do it for multiple reasons, but there are, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, we need to slow our roll with the social media thing. It, especially when it's something that you feel like God's impressing on your heart and God's doing in your life. And why don't you just take a minute and ponder on these things? Just keep these things and ponder on them in your heart. You know, it's, it's too often, you know, like, oh, God's doing this in my life. Well, guess what? Well, next week when you went back to your old lifestyle, people are like, you're just a hypocrite, right? Allow these things to settle and simmer a little bit before we just push them out there to everybody. That's something that I also, also thought was cool I wanted to bring up last week. You know, the angel comes rolling into Mary, and she's like, hey, you're going to have a baby. And she could have been like, the best way for me to get ahead of this is to prove to everybody that I am a virgin and I'm going to have a baby, right? But instead, she just she slows her roll, and she's like, okay, if this is of God, God will allow it. Now, okay, again, I probably stepped on I, I don't care if you have 
all of the, the social media things. I would just say there's certain things that we need to just keep close to our vest, right? And uh, remember that that's kind of like a fantasy world. You know, everybody, you get everybody's best of the best, right? And so don't, don't compare anything with what you see there. Actually have a conversation with somebody and see where they're at. Okay, so that's Mary. She, she kept these things upon her heart. Back up really quick to Matthew chapter 2. I don't have time to read the story. We're, we're about out of time, but we're talking about the, the wise men, okay? So one thing I think is interesting is uh, the same way that we saw in this little video. It was one of the reasons I wanted to show this is nearly everyone ties uh, the wise men uh, coming and presenting gifts when, you know, baby Jesus is in the manger. That's not really when that happened. This would have been uh, days or probably even weeks later uh, when this happened. So don't confuse that. Uh, just so you know, this is later. This did happen, but this wasn't even uh, in Bethlehem at this point, we're, we're guessing. And so it says now when, uh, I'll, I'll read a little bit. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Well, that's interesting. They went to Jerusalem first. Um, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east, and they are come to wor- or we are come to worship him. Now, uh, Herod gets in the middle of it, and he's like, wait a minute, king of who? You know, I'm the king around here, and he gets pretty defensive, and he's like, I want to know what's going on, and so I want to fast forward through some of that. Uh, we don't have time to get into that, but um, go down to uh, verse 8, and he said he sent them to Bethlehem. And said, go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring him, uh, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Yeah, I bet that's what you want to do, Herod. Verse 9, and when they uh, heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the child was. They're following a star, somehow God is leading them. Uh, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Uh, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him uh, gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay, so we understand. It says, being warned of God and dream, they should return to, not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. Uh, verse 11 is one of the reasons we know this. It says, when they came into the house. Well, I didn't think a barn was a house. Last time I read it, this would have been, at some point, they have at least moved out of the manger scene. And uh, But, you know, when you compare Scripture with Scripture, you kind of find out that this is probably... Uh, Weeks later. But anyway, I don't want to get too deep into all of that. So the wise men, they're doing the same thing. They're walking by. They might know a little bit, but it's more faith than it is anything else. Uh, a star showing up out of the sky and they're, they're following it. Okay. It says when they saw his star. I think it's interesting uh, when it says and now when uh, it says we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And I'm like, okay, I wanted to. Like, okay, there must be reference of this in the Old Testament, this star that they're talking about, you know, and I'm thinking there's a bunch of references, and that's why the wise men know that when they see a star, and uh, there's only two references, and really one of them uh, is the, the one that really even speaks of a star, and it's in Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, um, and I don't have time to go there, but I do want to hit this, uh, because this is the only reference that I can find where it references this uh this anything that these wise men would know that the star is going to point them to uh, t- towards uh, the king of the Jews. Numbers twenty four seventeen says, uh, "I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star, capital S, out of Jacob, and a scepter, capital uh, S, uh, shall rise out of Israel." and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. That's the only verse that references a star that I can find. If somebody else could find one, but, you know, my, my east sword was 
That's the only thing I could find that was referencing that uh, in the Old Testament. These guys knew something. Uh, another one, and I'm definitely not going to read all this, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 22. Kind of a reference, a passage that kind of talks a little bit about this. And one of the, the things at the very beginning is, it says, uh, Thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Right, and then this whole passage goes into all this. But if you're, you know, one who likes to compare scripture with scripture and some things, there's a couple of verses for you when it talks about they saw his star and how they would have known that. And so it says that they came to worship him. How they know to worship him? I, again, uh, they're walking by the little bit that they know. Uh, it, obviously, God's showing a star in, in the sky, and they're following. And what do they do? They, they're coming to worship him. It says they saw the star again, and they rejoiced with great joy. Sometimes when you're following along in the Lord and it feels like I just don't know if I'm going the right way or the wrong way and then God will show back up and, you know, just kind of leading you along your way and it's like, wow, I am on the right path. And there's times that you like, I felt like I was maybe just completely going the wrong way. And there's times when God's like, oh no, no child, you're, you're right where you need to be and you rejoice with great joy. And then it says they got to him. They found the, 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 the child. It says they fell down and worshiped him. There's a lot of people in the world who, try to follow a lot of different things, but when they finally find the Lord Jesus, the only thing that you can do is fall down and worship Him. Right? The only thing you can do is fall down and worship Him. It says that they presented gifts. I'm moving quickly. I have a lot of things I want to say, but they presented gifts, right? You know, uh, gold, French dishes, and fur, or whatever it was in the, the video. No. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, these uh, represent uh, something uh, in, in the Bible. If you uh, look up did you guys do We Three Kings last week or is it this week? We Three Kings? Yeah. The song. We Three Kings. In Praise. In Praise. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, never mind. You didn't? Okay. We usually do this song around Christmas and it talks about, it's called We Three Kings of, uh, or I think it's called We Three Kings. James loves this song. But anyway, uh, it talks about the meaning of the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. The gold represents his kingship. Uh, you can look up the, the lyrics. I was going to read some of them, but I don't have time. Uh, the gold represents his kingship. Uh, the frankincense, uh, represents our worship to the king, right? And myrrh represents his death and mourning and the death that he's going to die for us. And, uh, when we talk about, you know, the song called We Three Kings and, uh, these, these, these wise men, they come and they present these gifts and there's gotta be some sort of meaning behind them, right? And so gold, frankincense, and, and myrrh. And then the last thing it says about the wise men, and I want, I want to say a lot of things, but I don't have time. Uh, it says they departed another way. They knew enough to know that what Herod was trying to get in the middle of was, was not of God. And uh, God had showed them enough. They didn't know much, but they knew enough to know, I'm, I'm going to go another way. And so sometimes our obedience to the things that we don't even completely have a way to grasp, our obedience to the things that we don't even really know, but we know God is saying go, they can lead us to something that we can know, which is Jesus Christ himself and the way that we're supposed to be conducting and living our life. And so... Uh, yeah, with that, sorry, I'm over by a lot. Thank you guys for helping us put the bags together this morning. Um, we'll be handing those out next week to the kids on Christmas Eve. Don't forget, no service, or no pass point next week on Christmas Eve, just one service. And then also no, no pass point the following week because uh, it's a fabulous fifth. The first week in January, I do encourage you guys to be here and really, really be here. I'm going to be downloading what God is showing me for the upcoming year. And 
I'm really excited about 2024 and what God is going to do in Passpoint and through Passpoint. Uh, really at HBF in general, but uh, I need to really narrow it down. And uh, please, if you can at all, be here uh, on the first week of January. Um, and then don't forget, a couple weeks ago, I gave you guys some like task of maybe doing some planning and some things. And do that. It will be beneficial to you. It's not just like I want you guys to... You really need to do these things. And so uh, with that, let's pray. We'll get out of here. I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Uh, have a really awesome Christmas. Um, Jesus is Lord. Don't forget that um, more than anything. And so uh, I, I pray you guys have a great uh, holiday. I'll see most of you next week, I'm sure. But just in case, uh, I love you guys. It's really awesome to be able to uh, just hang out with you guys every week. So let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. and. Lord, even just this morning, just being a part of a group of people like this who uh, are just busy about your work, you know, we rolled in here and uh, just put everybody to work, and and it's just ministry, Lord, and I thank you so much for being able to link arms uh, with every one of these people, and even those who are right now serving in the the E-Wing or doing different ministries in the church, and uh, Lord, I I do just thank you for uh, allowing us to be a part of it. I thank you for a season where we get to... um, recognize the birth of a savior uh, whether it happened in december or not uh, or the, the the world is willing to hear about it at least right now so i pray that we would be willing to say about it um, and so uh, lord uh, allow us to walk in faith and obedience to even the things that we don't completely know and understand that we would just be willing to be used of you uh, and be a part of what you're doing lord i thank you for uh just uh showing yourself mighty, and uh, I pray that you would just get all the honor and the glory. And speak to Pastor Brian as he preaches to us this morning. Uh, allow us to give you the glory for everything we do. In Christ's name, amen.